Hey, welcome everybody to podcast number 31. I'm your host, Carrie Kreitz. We have the Wiseman twins, Tim and Dexter, Adam Weber, and our special guest for this week is Tracy Smith, gold medalist in just about every event I'm pretty sure you can play in, and team innovator she was on during the Gallagher Cup. So uh, one of my teammates, unfortunately not on the winning team, but... Um, Tracy, how was your experience with, uh, the first annual Gallagher cup? Well, first of all, I just, I want to say that uh, I listened to the podcast from last, the last one that you guys did. And there was a lot of, um, jostling between the team that won and yourself. And I kind of felt a little bit sorry for you because you were kind of on your own there. So I, I owe you one on that one, Carrie. <laughs> But what I will say is, I, I what I will say is, I feel like I was very fortunate um, to be asked to play in that um, event, and um, I learned a lot. Like even after playing for forty-seven years, I felt like um, I got to play with people that I normally wouldn't play there play with, and there was a lot of um, younger people on our team, which was pretty inspiring for me. And I know you guys talked about nerves in the last podcast, but I actually was really nervous. So um, I hadn't felt that way, I would say, in many cases over the last five to 10 years. And I, I just wanted to thank you guys because I felt like I got some of that back. So that, that actually felt good when I looked at it, you know, once I left and I felt like, wow, that's, that's what it felt. That's what it felt like for me, you know, over 10, 20 years ago. Uh-huh. So. It, it was awesome. I also, you know, talked to people later about it. I never once felt intimidated to play with the group of men that were there on any level. I felt like we were all equals. I felt like all the men there made me feel like an equal. And I was just purely honored to, to be a part of it with you guys. So. Well, yeah, it was, it was lots of fun. Uh, it was great having you there. Um, honestly, you're, uh, you've been an inspiration to bowling for as long as I can remember. As long as I've been in bowling, you've been a person that people have talked about. Um, so it's great to have you there and that you're a great ambassador of the game and a great ambassador, ambassador to the women out there. So uh, having you on there is like the first lady to play in the Gallagher Cup. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. So uh, thank you for doing it. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, playing. I mean, for me, like I would have never even considered um, joining the tour. You know, I'm, I'm lucky if I can maybe get one or two events in. But I mean, I, I've shouted this already out on face, but what Jen Baldwin was like critical at the Autumn Open, um, just saying, hey, Trace, like, why don't you just throw like your money in? Like I've spent a hundred dollars way worse, like way worse. Adam knows that. <laughs> and so I, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just see what happens. And actually Adam and I, you know, we had some really good conversations last uh, a year ago in August, um, September long weekend about me kind of just dedicating um, myself back into the game and I kind of revisited a, a couple goals and I thought there was no greater time for me to put it in so had I not done that Jen Baldwin I wouldn't have had the opportunity that I did to even have a chance to play in the Gallagher Cup so I think a shout out to all women who you know give themselves um, the credit that you know it is just a small price I mean it, it really, to me, like if you've got to put your money in a perfect game pod or you buy a couple of like a round of drinks like at a baker's, like it's kind of like all done, right? So this gives, you know, other women, if they, you know, um, go after the membership to give themselves an opportunity to, you know, have a shot at the final um, player championship or e- even something as amazing as the Gallagher Cup experience. Yeah, thank you for saying that because honestly, that's one of my biggest pet peeves I've heard um, for like all the cash tournaments or any of the big tournaments, whether it be Masters or the Open or any of the cash tournaments. Um, people being like, I, I don't want to put my money in because I- I- I'm just going to waste my money. No, no matter what the outcome, you're not wasting your money. You're giving yourself an opportunity. Um, and the only way to get better is to give yourselves the opportunity to do that. So, um, yeah, p- putting in your hundred dollars is 
a small price to pay. I'm sure, I'm sure your ketchup bills a month. It must be massive. <laughs> I, I'm, You're not I'm, far <laughs> off. <laughs> so a hundred dollars out of Curtis's uh, ketchup funds. Uh, exactly. I think it's well yes. worth it. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. On, Tracy. The money alone, the money alone for me was just um, having the experience and I think, too, because I got that um, edge back in my belly, even though we know that the Gallagher Cup um, was more of a fun uh, thing. Um, but I don't think we, in some cases, I don't think we really took it as fun. I mean, I was going out there and trying my hardest. I was trying to support my teammates. And I think, like, all of us at some point had nerves. So for me, it's like, then what happens, like, if I rethink my goals for future seasons, because I, I feel like I'm still not... Um, done in what, what I want to kind of accomplish in the game that you know could there be an opportunity that I, I finish in the top to have an opportunity to be in a you know final um, player championship so I just a hundred percent rethought everything after that simple event awesome and, and you also mentioned you know during our discussions about a year ago Mm -hmm. uh, just just that extra level of commitment mm -hmm. and that that hundred dollars for you know the membership itself it, it kind of lights a bit more of a fire under somebody to maybe get more committed to a specific event uh or you know potentially play additional events down the road uh but just knowing that there is a bit of a point total at the end uh of that specific tournament i think it gives you a little additional drive at that event itself i i mean i agree and i think you know just while we're kind of talking about this i gotta I'll also give a little bit of shout out to kind of like the ely family that group of you know bc women who you know all come together and um have invested in themselves to come out and play um i, I would say a good majority of the the tour events if not all of them I mean, that helps the game too, where you've just got this clan of women who are going to say, this is my women's tribe. We're going to go out and we're going to have an awesome weekend. We're going to play and we're going to try and com compete. And, um, you know, you see them having a ton of, of fun as they're trying to improve their game. So I think that's a pretty cool. We need to do a little bit more of that. Yeah. Um, the only way to get better is to compete. And, and all mm -hmm. these women do, they're more than capable of competing at the highest level. Um, so it's nice that they're actually coming out and doing it. Um, there was talk earlier this week about how it's become uh, a male dominated sport at the elite level. And I, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't really agree with that on the skill level side, um, just on the number side. And uh, yeah, um, there's talk about like, what can we do to change that? And um, it's, we had the conversation once before, and it's it's a difficult conversation because I I don't know what the right answer is for it. Um, we try our best to promote everything for everybody. I don't think segregation or having a separate event for ladies is the answer either to get more ladies involved because they're playing at the highest level with everyone. Um, and I think that's the only way for them to get better. So I don't, I don't know what the answer is to that, to get more ladies involved. Um, mm -hmm. what, what did you say, uh, Carrie? I think you did some math on it. It was like 17%. Yeah. So there 17% was it ladies? Yeah. So the last, last season was 269 individuals played and 47 of them were actual just ladies. So that would be roughly 17% of the field was, was women. Um, which is a phenomenal stat because uh, mm -hmm. I do believe a lot of people out there thought it was a lot less than that. Um, for 47 yeah. ladies to be playing on the tour, that that's pretty phenomenal. That's that's a big number. And like the Autumn Open was a prime example. How many ladies made the cut? There was quite a few of them, right? Like mm -hmm. Tracy and Jen both went deep in it. Um, I don't uh, think Andrew was there for it. The, Annette. Yeah, Annette. Annette. Yeah, like yeah. there was lots of players. Um. Yeah, it may maybe male dominated just because I think that's fair to say in just about any sport. Like you look at softball or baseball, there's probably a hundred to one teams is male compared to one female team. It's just that's the way it is. Males tend to play a lot more sports, and 
um, it's nice to see that there is a solid number amount of ladies playing, and I'm sure it's going to keep growing. I really hope it does. I think, too, like, it, it is um, interesting to me because I think a couple things kind of play into it. I think, as, you know, women start having problems, they, you know, um, maybe prioritize what needs to happen uh, for them. I mean, I think Brad and Kelsey Wilton are really good examples where, you know, you get a little bit of a table and they can compete at the highest level and then they just support each other in terms of taking care of their child. But I know some women who are just like, oh, you know, I'd rather, you know, spend that weekend, you know, whether it's, um, you know, Canadian Thanksgiving, I, I want to spend that with my kids or, um, you know, how do you balance, you know, that fine act of one taking care of your children or, or not um you know i'm i'm older so my daughter and you know to kind of change my priorities uh since i moved to calgary and kind of be on my own and uh, prioritize like caitlin over myself and so it can be uh, a bit tricky and it, it's a, a piece of my level so once that kind of goes away though then there's this kind of reset i also think as you get a taste of success and as you're like kind of playing in a like in a high level where you think that you compete you want to spend your money because that's just part of who you are and um it, it just helps build you yeah. up in the sport i i i think you're right and in in the fact is that i think you prioritize the right way i mean so many people i see out there prioritize uh, bowling over family and i and i even for males to even Adam has to make that decision before racks and stuff. Obviously I think yeah. that is the most important thing. Then and people have to realize over bowling, bowling's always going to be there. And if there's a, a time where you can always come back, right. And you only yeah. have so much time with your kids and your family. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, we, we see it uh, on tour all the time. We'll see ways people come in for three or four years and all of a sudden, you know, we might see them at the one local event for two or three years while they kind of get finances back on track or they get their family back on track or uh, where they feel comfortable that, you know, if they're spending $200, uh, they don't get any of that back necessarily mm -hmm. over a bad weekend um, that uh, it doesn't really cost them, you know, financially. Uh, but then on the flip side, right, you turn that 200 into a six or $700 weekend. Well, now you with you know some of the the players on for life balance but um it, it's the same as and absolutely anything in life if you want to be at a high level you've got to compete and you've got to practice and you got to you know re really prioritize that item uh to, to to get to the top yeah i totally agree it doesn't matter if you're male or female Correct. yep Yeah, that is a good stat. Yeah, so seventeen percent. It's uh, honestly, I, I thought it's it was uh, a little bit less than that as well. Uh, for forty-seven women. Now that I, I, I'm starting to kind of put names in my my mind on it, it does seem about yeah, right. And, so. and you know what? Yeah, we just finished softball season here too, and you look at all the mixed leagues. I mean, the rule is is like you have to have three ladies mm -hmm. on the team. Right. Uh, so, I mean, like, you know, average team has like 11, 12 people, you know, you're, you're still you're still looking at that the same sort of number, maybe, maybe a little higher, 25, 30 percent. But but still, um, we have work to do. There's always work to do. There's always things that we can do to help promote. I Like I said, I just don't know what what the actual answer is. Jen Baldwin. She, Jen Baldwin. She's just gonna. <laughs> she just needs to rally everybody. She she's awesome. Yeah, yeah. She is a super volunteer. Yeah. That is for sure. Um, just a good promoter yeah. of the sport. Not even just on the volunteer side. It, she yeah. she's truly passionate about the absolutely. Sport. And and she wants to see it grow. And I think there there's definitely room to 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 grow, uh, both male and female. I think there there's definitely more room. Uh, just take a look at the players that we know of that don't play the tours that, that are females, right? It's, um, yeah, we, we really need those people out. If there's a stigma, um, 
number one, that has to be kind of brought forth because the, the fact is we, we've talked about it a few times now and it's n- not really a known out there of what the background or what the reasonings of that stigma. We, we have kind of, you know, guesstimates and we, we talked about that on a previous podcast. Uh, we've talked about it here as well, but there's got to be other factors. Um, I, I can't just think that it's just a priority um, or a prior, prioritization problem. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's got to be more to it, but uh, uh, and, uh, unfortunately, we, we don't know the answer. Yeah, and, and it's it's clear across the sport, too. It's not just specific to the tour or anything. I mean, you look at all the open numbers, uh, you know, it's always a two to one to three to one sort of ratio, Masters. guys to girls. Um, same thing with Masters. All, all of the organizations are the same. Um, I, I just don't know what the answer is to change that. So, uh, yeah, or, or, or if it's, or if it's possible to change it, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I want to, I just, I just don't know if that's ever going to actually truly change for the same, for the same reason that, that Carrie was stating earlier. And it's just, you know, you, you see a lot more men play the sports and, and yeah, I don't know. My, my I would big, like to see that number get better. My big thing is you can either be, be the solution or you, or you can be the uh, just be be the number that's not playing, right? And um, and state, uh, Tracy's a great role model in that aspect, where she has chosen to be that role model and, and be the solution, right? Um, just by supporting it and being part of it, and obviously being part of the Gallagher Cup, right? You know, uh, Tracy's had really a lot of success on the tour. I know, I think she had a runner-up, I think back in the day as well, right? So it's not like she can't compete, right? And thankfully, you know. Uh, Tracy's on here to speak about it. So, is, is there any ideas or, or thoughts from from the, the more of the female side of the equation, Trace, that you can think of? I mean, I think prior to me um, supporting the tour this season was I never really gave it much thought, even though I I played on the tour. Like, I always went into it thinking, you know, I wanted to make the cut and all of that, but like putting my my membership in, I never really thought about it until this year. And so I guess, you know, I'll, t- I'll take a minute to kind of just stress the fact that had someone not encouraged me to do that, so you've got the table sitting there and you've got all the people who sit there, just unbelievable support in terms of how you guys are trying to develop and evolve um, the tour. And, and obviously the numbers like really stand for themselves, but uh, I never, uh, um, maybe I was a, a little bit um, ignorant or blind to the fact that the work that you guys were, were doing and the investment of your time. And had it not been for that moment um, when Jen and I were talking, I, I, in fact, I think like I was almost like half a game in at, at uh, Paradise. And she asked me and I said, oh, I'm, I'm too late. And she's like, no, you're not too late. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then from there, what started to happen for me was that I was just really more aware of uh, all the groups that you guys have, whether it's Facebook or some of the communication that you guys were having. And I was just like, honestly, just more mentally engaged with the whole thing. And then I truly saw uh, the fruits of all your guys' labor. And then I became, I I, I just purely became a proud individual of what you guys were doing. So I know there's a lot of like right now, a lot of um, surveys going out and, and all of that. And honestly, for me, it wouldn't even matter. And I feel like I'm a, I'm a little bit on the my career, but regardless of the, one of the first things that I will do when I walk into paradise this season is I will hand over my money to support the tour and I also uh, believe that I'll become much louder advocate. I've already started doing some of that work on, you know, the Facebook just before the Gallagher Cup. Um, use this podcast as kind of a, a lever. Um, and, and maybe some of it is that, I, I don't know. Maybe other people think exactly the same way, but um, I don't know. I mean, to get the experience at the end of it, not, not only if you qualify, but I just think, to, to maybe be in that top 12 or to be part of that Gallagher cup at the end of the season, to me 
it honestly was one and I know I was only in the Gallagher Cup I wasn't even at the level where you guys were um uh, I was just super proud to watch you guys the next day and it it inspired me it really did and at you know 52 years old feeling like uh, maybe I've I've hit my peak in some levels and maybe there's you know, a few other things that I kind of want to get under my belt before I, you know, maybe relax in the game a little bit. Um, I, I, I won't give up on, on the tour and I'll, I'll always be a member. Thank you for that. And thank you for your support too. Yeah, no, it, it means a lot. And just to touch like how you said you were, um, I guess so happy to be a part of the Gallagher cup. I was just as happy to play a chance to play with you. Um, Obviously, you've been part of the sport for so long and out of Edmonton and out of Calgary and never got an opportunity to play any mixed teams with you or anything like that. It was uh, it was an honor just to be on a team with you. And I think that's something the Gallagher Cup brings to the table is you literally could be playing with somebody from Manitoba, Ontario, a lady, a guy. You really have no clue till everything's all done at the end of the season and the teams are set, right? I think that brings... Uh, another feature that you don't have to be in the top 12. You don't have to be the best player out there that season. You could be one of the good players out there that season and still get a chance to play on the tour championship weekend and be a part of all the, the festivities and all that stuff. I think that's what we're trying to accomplish or what we're trying to, what the WCBT is trying to accomplish is trying to bring everybody together and make the bowling community something more than it is just, Alberta versus BC or Edmonton versus Calgary, that kind of situation. I mean, I 100% agree with you. And I feel like I um, ha had a lot of friends that were participating that night, but I felt like I made new friends. You know, people that maybe you walk in, you, you pass by and you know their ability, but you don't really know them as a person. And I felt like the Gallagher Cup really like from, from our lens, because our team was a bit younger those are people that I mean maybe they don't even know you know who I truly am but I got to have some really good conversation with people and I established you know some new friendships and I love yeah we are we're very fortunate uh we've talked about it a lot um it's such a great community um and with that being said if any of those ladies out there who are on the fence want to talk about it want to know the pros and cons about it we're we're very open book with everything. Um, I mean, all we do is talk bowling all day long. So if you want to talk bowling, um, send us a message and we will, we'll, we'll talk to you about it, yeah. whatever you need. But uh, we're very fortunate to have the community we have. I think with that, Tracy, we can segue kind of into our guests questions. And then uh, I know we have a few more topics after that, especially Tim coming back from C5 meetings. He has some information he wants to help out with and, Stuff like that, but uh, yeah. we'll do these guest topics. Um, who was your bowling mentor growing up, Trace? <laughs> who got you into bowling? Um, well, you know, obviously my parents were uh, kind of the foundation. They were bowlers, you know, um, just regular league bowlers. And, and then, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing is my, my dad was like, you know, he was my anchor. He was my hero. He, um, he was the president master bowlers of Alberta for well over a decade um, they were teaching masters both my parents and so you know as um, as I was kind of going into my late teens I guess in YBC I would uh, venture out to national championships with both my parents and I honestly was just in awe particularly of the tournament ladies um, and, and there's you know many women I've just see like laughing and having fun and just seeing that level of play. So I mean, my, my dad, for sure. Um, I would also say a big um, role model or someone who invested their time in me um, when I was like, you know, just getting out of YBC and maybe the first couple of years in my, my twenties was Mark Jackson. Um, and Mark Jackson would, um, have me come out to Leduc Lanes and we would meet, you know, maybe once, twice a month and he would help me work on my mindset and, and my technique. Um, female bowlers that I, you know, admired was someone named Bev Gigliak. She would, you know, be my, 
my girl. There was a bowler out of Edmonton called Sherry Lessig. And Jerry Anderson uh, back in the day was an uh, unbelievable bowler. Um, people who really influenced me in the game were people like Doug McCaw, Lynn Howell, Bruce Mortar, uh, Tom Stevenson, um, rest in peace, Brian Goodhope and Blair Pizzi. Um, and I've had a lot of people who just, you know, stood beside me, Jennifer Smith, um, Curtis, um, you know, Curtis has kind of been part of my bowling career probably for, you know, 25% of my life. So he stood behind the scenes and yeah, I've had like a lot of really, really good people in my life. Yeah, those are some names that we don't unfortunately get to see out on the lanes anymore. So it's kind of nice no, to hear I know names. some older names. <laughs> yeah, it was a loaded question. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a few of them. I apologize, but there no there worries. are a few of them. That's excellent. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite tournament? Um. Well, honestly, it's I would probably have to say, you know, it's not a tour event, but I would have to say the Masters. Um, I think now for me, it's, I never anticipated that I would be playing, you know, masters like 32 years and I've made, uh, 21 Alberta teams. And now it, it's for me, I, I, I mean, I think, oh, I got to 10 and that's awesome. And then you kind of, you get to 15 and you go, oh my goodness, like what, how much more can I accomplish? And for me now I'm, I'm striving to hit 25. Like that's, that's my goal. Um, I just love the format of the masters. Um, I think it's really interesting that you got to play six tournaments and the other, you know, thing that's not under my belt, but I've played 32 years, 21 teams and never qualified as, uh, an Alberta singles for the masters. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's, it's true. I've come close a couple of times. Um, but yeah, I've never been able to kind of achieve that that yet so I still feel like I got a little bit of runway um and then obviously you know TPC for me um is kind of a big deal my hometown is Edmonton um all my roots are in Edmonton so I would say TPC would be number two yeah that's a crazy stat that you've never been Alberta singles I would have pegged you for quite a few of them that's uh no that that's kind of the same thing like with Gino. I do believe Gino's never been an Alberta never. singles rep for Masters, right? And he's been part of the game for God knows long how long too. So um, pretty crazy. You, the legends in this, or <laughs> I shouldn't say legends, the top in your sport, you'd expect them to uh, have been an Alberta rep at least once. That's pretty crazy. I just think these, these women are, they're amazing. And they're tough and you have to play at a high, high level. And even if you do play at your high level, you can still come up a bit short. Yeah. Well, I guess you just have to take them down this year. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Hey, Trace, to, out of curiosity, what's, uh, what's your medal count over those 21 years? I think it's eight or nine. Okay. Not sure, but it's for sure eight. Yeah. Um, uh, one stat I do know is my very first, I think seven gold medals that there was never any other woman in Alberta who would have been on those same teams. I was the only woman, um, who had achieved that. And then, um, the year my dad passed, the girls won a gold medal and, and I was not on that team. And so that sort of kind of broke that little record. And prior to that, I think it was something like 20 some years before um, like Alberta won their first uh, tournament ladies gold medal. It, it, anyways, it was a long period of time before we won the very first one. Wow. Yeah. And then obviously I can't even tell you how many silver medals and how, how shy we've come within that time period. So mm -hmm. yeah, I've been very fortunate. To speak to the strength of Alberta again. <laughs> um, so yeah. what would be your toughest match, Tracy? Um, well, that's a good question. Or one, like, that, honestly, one that sticks out in your brain, I guess. 
I mean, I've I've got a couple um, match play um, that I could kind of look back at. I've qualified uh, twice uh, to play in a a final. One was back uh, in Saskatoon when the KG still existed, and I played in a final against Tom Stevenson. And I was nervous as heck. I was pretty young, super, super nervous. Uh, and one was TPC, where I played in Gino. Um, I don't think it, I didn't feel tough, but I, I think I learned a lot from that match because I felt like I was like mentally exhausted by the time I got to that point. I really didn't know what to do with it. So I just took it as a learning experience and walked away second. And and um, even though uh, the autumn opens a little bit different uh, format, but I play second um, at Poplar. I lost, uh, I lost to Dave Gorley, um, a sheer 50 pins. And I knew there was a lot of pressure for that game. I had a support, Jen, and, and how Chris really so supported me there. But I had a lot of nerves that last game, and it just landed where it landed. So. I don't really go into match play um, um, having like a lot of stress or fear or anxiety. I just uh, purely try and play those matches with more confidence. I think I've had more um, situations where I've been in a team play um, atmosphere where the nerves can get going because you know how critical it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for the win. So, um, so they may may be old, but what's your arsenal? What bowling balls are you throwing? What uh, shoes are you using? Rocks. They're literally the the bowling balls. Yeah, Dex and I need to ha we need to like sit down and have a chat because I think that I need to update the arsenal for sure, um, especially after nationals this year and a couple of masters events last year. Um, I don't know how old they are. I know one set um, has my maiden name on them. So that's that's a long time ago. Um, I just recently last year converted my Dexter shoes to a pair of uh, Nike Air Max 90s. Um, and just kind of playing around with, you know, a custom made shoe right now. Mm -hmm. hmm. what, what color are your bowling balls? I think they're reactive use. Oh, yeah. They're like I have, ones, right? Yeah, I have yeah, a purple yeah. one and I have yeah. some green ones. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Tim yeah. <laughs> checking out everyone's balls, <laughs> but won't let anybody weigh his. <laughs> hey, Tracy, when you went to the Gallagher Cup, did you get your balls weighed? I did not, but S I sounds did. Like, sounds like a usual thing. I'm here. No. This, yeah. No, no, I I had my balls weighed. <laughs> Just before the Gallagher Cup um, at Paradise Lanes with uh, Mark Miller. Okay. Just out of curiosity. And did yeah. that mentally mess with you at all? Not not like it does with Tim. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the nerves yeah. showed up on the lanes, I tell you. I can show <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Tim, what, was it a requirement of the Gallagher Cup, though? No, no, no don't call that. I'm just being a jerk right now. <laughs> I still, I still can't believe we're talking about that. <laughs> Tim can't let yeah, it will live. Yeah. It it will live on forever in this podcast. If, <laughs> Tracy, if you saw the hissy fit at work that day, <laughs> it will not go away anytime soon. <laughs> wow, I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, no. So. Tracy, I know you kind of already talked about your bucket list being Alberta singles for Masters, but is there anything else that you wish you would accomplish in uh, the game of five-pin bowling before you decide to uh, retire? Retire, yeah. Um, Curtis and I, you know, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. I, I'm like reassessing my game. Adam, you know, has been helping me a little bit kind of reassess the game in the last year. And Hence, I had an injury last year, which was uh, really challenging to kind of get through. But I feel like I'm feeling a lot better now. Um, but, you know, we talked about how, like, even some of your guys' accomplishments, to be honest, um, the four of you, Curtis and I were talking about the four of you behind your backs. <laughs> and, uh, and there's some unbelievable um, 
accomplishments you know Adam has you know just kind of ruled the lanes a little bit obviously this year and and you think like oh my goodness like that's such staggering accomplishment and and then I said to myself you know I don't I don't know if I got something under my belt for a year or two years does that define like who I am and do you know what I mean like does it define like if I got a little bit more, does it just really, does it change anything? And I don't think it does. Um, however, that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not seriously, you know, putting, putting my head down to the metal to kind of go how Could I have another couple, you know, great years out of the sport and it just will lie where it lies. Obviously the master singles thing is kind of a big deal, but I may never, I may never accomplish that. And if I do awesome. And if I don't, that's okay too. Just, just tell all the ladies to defer to you. Yeah, I <laughs> on your swan song. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure, they those ladies are greedy. They won't do that for anybody. So, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, like how to get um the ladies more into the, I guess, the cash side of things because. Obviously, I'm not going to say they're not competitive because there's plenty of ladies that have kicked our butts on the lanes more than once. Um, but what what else could um, the WCBT or the Five Pin Universe do to help improve the sport? Is there something that you've noticed working with um, a big corporation like Nike, stuff that they do that um, a small stuff that we do, could we could incorporate, I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah, super good question. Um, I think two things. I think like if I looked at the company that I work for, I mean, the the youth needs to be our movement, right? Like they are the next generation of what um, the bowling tour will look like. So, you know, do we put some thought in, in terms of, um, I don't know, just satellite tournament for, you know, YBC Bowler to, you know, have an entry fee to one of the events as an example or um i love the idea that you know the tp's been tpc has been working on um sort of those razes which i think people have just had so much fun with but like do you do a raz just for women only or do you do a raz for maybe some juniors like i don't know just like just throwing thoughts out on the question but i think I think just that creative thinking that, uh, that is happening right now by all of you, I think, um, has been amazing. And I mean, obviously we just need to figure out how, if once a youth comes out of YBC and you know, there, I remember as a kid going, I just want to be a part of that. I just want to be a part of that. And honestly, I never made my first master's team. It took me eight years. It took me eight years to make my first master's team, but I never gave up. I tried every year. I never played really that great. In some cases, I wasn't even in contention. And I just sort of had this fierceness to go like, I just want this. I just wanted it for one year, never mind 21 years, right? Like I never sort of exceeded kind of what I thought, but I just think, how do we get the youth to commit? How do we keep them involved? Um, how do we inspire them to play um, because, because we need them? Right. Um, we've, we've created a bit of a slush fund with some of the things we're doing with TPC right now too. Um, so uh, that was something I discussed with Tim too, is maybe running a satellite for the kids as well. Um, awesome. Maybe with, with that slush fund being part of it um, to get them entries. So um, yeah, discuss, give them a little taste, right? You are absolutely right. I remember playing uh, my first my first cash room. I think it was fifteen or sixteen. Oh. Um, Paul Navtrail, who owned uh, Arizona Tanning, sponsored us, and we just had to wear an Arizona Tanning shirt and, put it, <laughs> yeah. you know, write it off. Do what you do, yeah, exactly. But uh, it, uh, we went in there, we got our butts kicked. It's just kind of the nature of it. But um, again getting into those experiences are half the half the battle and then that, that's where you learn everything so uh -huh. yeah um, yeah uh, the youth are definitely yeah, yeah that's 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 our future i think i think I, should, to be a future. I think we're 14 decks and i think 
Uh, it was the first year Collingwood ran it. I think mm-hmm. this from the Rose Bowl. And I'll, I'll be the first one to admit this. I would never have played Youth Challenge or the Open or the Cash Room if it wasn't for Dex. Dexter just Dexter had his ad. He's like, I'll just go play. And then I was like, well, Mom's like, are you going to play? Well, I don't know. And he's like, well, Dexter's playing. You're playing. I was like, okay, I guess I guess so. And that's how it kind of came to be, right? So, I'll, Dexter, yeah, I'm giving you credit there, Dex. Um, I remember I was on the same set as Deanna uh, Barber and mm. Stacy Sanderson, mm. and then I shot like a three fifty, won the singles pot the first game, and I probably was last after that shift. I remember that I was like on five and six at Collingwood. I remember that, but yeah, if it wasn't for encouragement and and again, we were fortunate too. We had Tracy around. We had you know Matt was around Schultz, and we had mm. Johnny and all those guys. Gino, Lindy, they pushed us right. So it's I think it's our job to be pushing these these youth in the right direction too. And I think we do. I think we do pretty good, to be honest with you. We can only do so much because we can only um, talk to so many kids in a day or we can only get to so many programs that are willing to help us, but yeah. we try our best. So. Yeah. We can only influence within the, the scope of our influence, right? But there's there's areas that, that we can't get into and, and it is it is what it is until somebody lets us in. But I think uh, as a whole... Um, again, we have a really good community, a really good core people um, in Alberta and at the highest levels of the game that, uh, you know, they are pushing kids in the right direction, but uh, we just need to expose it to them more, I think. Yeah. Agreed. So, anybody else have topics to talk about? We've talked or picked Tracy's brain pretty much the whole time. What new stuff do we have coming out, Tim? I know you just you're fresh oh, okay. back from Ottawa that you might have some oh. information for us that you want to share. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. I guess, I guess. Thank you. I, it's actually it's part of Dexter's rulebook corner too, so it works out great. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, obviously, I was fortunate enough to go to C five meetings. Uh, you know how sometimes how meetings are; they're really enjoyable, um, and they're long. Um, loved how my flight was delayed two hours and got home at three thirty in the morning, but that's beside the point. Um, obviously we know that the, there was an election and that Bruno won as president and second VP is now used to be a former president, uh, Dave Post. So he takes over the technical side and uh, Daniel Marston let his name stand for that. Uh, so that was, that was kind of interesting there. Uh, one of the things that are really cool, what uh, a lot of our coaching is done through C and I'm not a technical person, so bear with me. Uh, is through CAC, the coaching, and uh, through Sport Canada. And with that being said, uh, they, they came in with a, a speaker that came in called Respect in Sport. And he was a guy from Ottawa, but he's from Tennis Canada. And he, he, he gave us a presentation. He worked for Skate Canada. He worked for the boys, uh, Boy Scouts and, and all that. And it's about just protecting our kids in, in sport. So there's a rule, too. So... Uh, most of you guys probably already know what that is. Adam might know that with, with soccer, but if you're interacting with uh, a youth, you must have two people there interacting just to make sure that's, that's um, they're okay. But it's even um, it comes down to even texting. Now, if you're texting one of your, one of your, um, one of your athletes, you have to actually should be texting the parent with them as well in a group text. It's gone that far to protect these kids, but uh, they had they had a video, and I can share it if you ever go on YouTube, guys. Look at uh, uh, volleyball Ontario, and it's respect in sport. And it was absolutely, it was it actually really struck a chord with me. It was they talked about the Graham James situation, and they talked about um, just trying to like take advantage of kids. And it was something that was I found really valuable, and I sent it out to my board actually already, and I'm going to send it out to my coaches. Uh, please make sure you guys watch that. Uh, we're actually going to bring this same uh, person in to, to talk to our youth at the Youth Challenge Nationals because I really do think it's an important thing for to have these people that understand, make, make the youth understand that we are here to help and we are here to not make you, know, make you feel un- unwelcome. Um, Hall of Fame, 
I found out who's in part of the Hall of Fame class, and I'm not telling any of you guys because I can't. And you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But I, I, I love that part. It's kind of cool. You get a lot of negativity sometimes over the year, and I think that's the coolest part. So they will be getting a letter and a phone call, I believe, in the mail. Uh, I think the biggest news was um, we all know about that shield rule. We talked about it. I think it's been on all over social media for quite some time. Um, a lot of uh, centers cannot afford to have shields, uh, whether they installed them or way back when, or haven't installed them since way back when, or something went wrong with them, or have a new center. You, you have to have some sort of way of figuring a down pin, right? Because you can have a leaning pin, so when is it going to go? Um, Jason Kennedy from BC, who is actually also proprietor Smithers, but he lives out of Prince George, um, He's come up with a new uh, way of figuring it out through an LED light. Now, I sent a video, I think, to Dex and to Carrie and, and to Adam. Uh, I didn't send one out to Tracy because I didn't have your phone number but, or your email. But <laughs> anyways, but basically it's quite it's, – so they hooked it up now. So you put an LED light on your, on, your, on your masking unit, and you can either use a red or orange light, they say, just so you can see if it's working or not. Um, see the light clear and you he actually he, he hooked it up to his motor so he, he ran a line to his motor <clears throat> and with that being said when the motor's running so when the pins are cycling and obviously that's the finish of your of your shot the light will come on and then when it's ready to go and your pins are set the light will go off so you kind of have a way better uh, idea if you don't have a shield so now they're gonna actually going to certify that so if you can't afford a shield, a shield range anywhere from two, three hundred plus, even a lane. So, with this other way, it's thirty-five dollars a lane. About you go to Princess Auto, you go to Home Depot, you go to Rona, pick up these LED lights, and they're kind of good. So, I, I thought that was kind of cool. I know we talked about at least Jason was innovative, and now we can have that situation fixed for the future. Yeah, I think that's super neat because it, now it's a clear cut. Like the light is on, you know, that's when you mm -hmm. see if your pins are down or super leaning or on their way down or whatever. Where some of the shields, I don't know of how many people have been in the back of bowling centers, but some shields are activated differently or on a pulley system or they're just set up differently. So from center to center, your activation times can be way out or the shields can come down later. There's so much discrepancy between centers that... Hopefully this will bring them closer together, so it's more mm -hmm. even across the board, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that centers I know that so, don't have shields simply because of space. They don't have they don't have room for the mask units, the machines to put in shields. So yeah. th this alleviates that, and it's it's super simple. I know a lot of people don't like know the mechanics of the machines, but it's basically there's a relay in the back, and the the machine sends you know information to it saying, "Hey, the machines are going to cycle." It gives a high voltage to the to the motor. The motor spins. It tells the machine to stop. The motor stops spinning. So as soon as you're sending power to that thing, the light goes on. As soon as you take the power from the motor, the light goes off. It's just you're just basically wiring it into it. Yeah. Really simple. As a proprietor who does have shields, is that something that you would consider as maybe a double option? Probably not. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, uh, I'll be honest. Probably not. Uh, just unless we hook it up with a switch as well. I don't. I don't really want it for my open play and stuff like that. I. I don't, I don't want. I don't want to drill a hole in our masking unit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we don't have to. We don't. We don't have to worry about that aspect, right? Um, and then, and then I guess the question is, you have the shield and you have the light, and then last of the one behind first, the other yeah. one. Yeah. So yeah. then you got. So either or, I think. I think if the shield's broken and all of a sudden they went obsolete, then probably that's not a bad idea. Yeah. But places like Lloyd Minister, I didn't even know until Dexter told me didn't have shields. I didn't. We went out there. I didn't notice. I forgot. Right. So that that is definitely a good option for us. So kudos Could, to Jason. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw the video. Uh, yeah. Kind of a, a brilliant, simple solution. Um, could you see that being the the new norm at any point down the road? Absolutely, especially in the new centers. Um, a lot of the new centers actually don't come with shields. 
all the new machines. If, unless you uh, get uh, an old part or an old machine, somebody might have something, maybe, you know, Brian Sargent or Peter Bauer or whoever else in the counties, they don't come with them. So I don't know if uh, any of the machines ever actually came with them, truthfully. Yeah. Uh, even our machines, they're, they're clearly a modification to the machine to add in the, in, in the pulley system, right? So um, I don't know if it ever came with that. I don't know. For me personally, I, I, I like the shields because it keeps everything looking clean. Um, you don't see the pins whipping around and jumping around and stuff. And um, from a provider side standpoint, I think it looks just neater. Um, shield comes down, you don't see the pins whipping around, the shield comes back, you have a full set of pins. But uh, yeah, even when we have a shield break and it's tied up, I, I hate seeing it. It drives me insane. So from my, that standpoint, I I wouldn't ever switch it that way. But if it makes it easier on new proprietors or it makes it more accessible for proprietors that weren't able to do it, then fantastic. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's a great solution to a problem that they might not be able to fix through normal means, right? So, yeah, exactly. That's a great yeah. solution. He, he's already mentioned he already has ten proprietors on board in BC already on it. So that's ten more centers that are properly done. So yeah, and and now have the option of being certified, where that's been an issue in BC, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So um, the more centers we can get certified, the better recognition there is across the country. So fantastic. Yeah, kudos to Jason and the C five for for adopting something so innovative that's great yeah 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 it was kind of usually there's discussion it was no brainer yeah okay why are we even talking about this this is good so let's just move on <laughs> it was really good that way yeah so yeah it's really exciting and that's basically honestly um the biggest biggest parts of the of the c5 means obviously yeah we, i don't want to talk about the rest no you know no, and you don't. yeah but yeah but yeah it's really good though Again, watch that video if you have a chance. Watch that video. I think it's uh, very good and educational. Should get um, Jason to post it. Well, I'll get, I'm talking about uh, the one by our guest speaker, oh, but I'll get, great. I will ask Jason if it's okay to post it, and then I'll maybe we'll post it as well for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he, he sent it to me, so I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Tim, Timmy, Timmy, might be uh, a good idea if to, to maybe share that through through your Facebook means as well for that that presentation on the volleyball as well. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's on my to do list. Yeah, I'll do that tonight maybe. So uh, good good call. Yeah. So um, there was obviously some questions that were submitted um, through our Facebook page when we didn't have our podcast last week. So. One of them was uh, submitted by one of our good friends of the podcast from Ontario, but we won't mention his name. Um, what do you guys, uh, and this goes to our guest speaker too, Tracy, if, if you uh, have heard about it, but how do you feel about the Manitoba Open, how it was handled and um, getting that situation all figured out before the season started? Oh, I guess I'll I let... talked about that too, sorry. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let Tim start then. <laughs> okay, so uh, from my understanding, it's all good to go. Um, so I'm really excited about it. Uh, well, I think just for bowling and board side aside, I'm finally happy that it, it's finally got resolved. I think, I mean, I think there's still a long time coming. I still think there's a lot of trust needs to be built back up and, and all that. But uh, I think from my understanding, I think Karen's involved. I think Karen Armstrong's involved and I think I heard maybe Scott Barber was involved, maybe with the Youth Challenge. I know I heard Jimmy Llewellyn's going to help out with the IP. Uh, here they have executive that's, uh, I think, going to be responsible fiscally and all that. I just, I hope they get the bowlers back because I don't blame them for having uh, hard feelings. And I think, again, with the right people, I think those guys are the right people in the right spots. I think it's definitely viable. Are they sending full contingent? Uh, the first year, no. Manitoba is not doing that the first year. As far as I know, uh, they're running singles and mixed team. The reason why they put a men's team in last year it was they were anticipating the Winnipeg zone to be part of the provincials. And obviously, I think it was just misguided on uh, 
on how they were trying to get back in. So hopefully this opportunity, they're a little bit going to be a little bit more um, not pessimistic. They're going to be a little bit more uh, realistic, I think, with the goals. I think that's the right word. And if it's good this year, then they'll put a full one in next year. Yeah. Yeah, really excited for that. There's so many fantastic players out of Winnipeg that haven't had the opportunity the last couple of years to get to play. And uh, um, we're really, really excited for it, especially since last year. So many of those ladies were inducted into the C5 Hall of Fame. Um, so it'll be nice to be able to get them back out on the lanes for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. As for the provincial, I know some of you guys are talking about the provincial format. I I don't know what they're planning to do, but I know each province is a little bit different. I know we have our traditional way of doing it with teams and built out from, from our zones. And I know, uh, like obviously smaller provinces like Nova Scotia and you uh, Northwest Territories, Quebec are all based off of um, all-star teams or single roll-offs, right? Um, I I don't know what would be the best fit. Uh, I think right now, I think Manitoba might be the best. I, I, again, I'm, I'm, pro, I'm pro not building your own team because I think you only have two teams or three teams that are really good, and I think you lose the, the rest of the teams, the uh, rest of the players that might not be on a good team. They might not play again. I'm not saying they're bad, but I mean, like – we would never have a Jesse Bouchard make nationals. We would never have a Remo Nestor. I think we lose those numbers, right? Um, me personally on that aspect, I think our numbers would dwindle uh, with participation because zones and provincials. But I, I think I think they would have to go all-star team in Manitoba just because they have the, the central, they have the Manitoba, like uh, they have Winnipeg, and then they have, uh, well, I think it's Westerman. I think they have that. So – but it's very limited what they have, and I think I think the biggest problem they had with the Open before was a lot of the, a lot of there's tons of Winnipeg players and with tons of and strong Winnipeg teams, and I don't think the other teams were feeling nearly as strong, right? And it was always Winnipeg. So now that they finally got the other zones built back up, right, from not having Winnipeg in for so many years, and they they got the experience and they got the, the taste of going national, I think you got to figure out a different way than the their old traditional format. So last year at Nationals, they had um, a men's team and a ladies team, right? Mm -hmm. But I believe reading uh, the tentative agreement reached by their AGM sitting here, um, it says for one year, Manitoba commits to send only singles and a mixed team to the C5 PBA. So that's what they did this year then? Yeah. So they're just being, yeah. They're being a little cautious because they don't know how it's going to go right i think that's a good a good commitment for the first year and see how their participation is and grow from there right it's uh mm-hmm. it's nice to see them get back into the fold because uh, obviously everybody should be a part of it yeah and and winnipeg has the most bowling alleys per capita in canada yeah. <laughs> and they're not able to participate at the highest level i mean besides the masters but i mean um that's a shame so it's great to have them back <laughs> okay, Tony. <laughs> great. Um, so another question that was submitted, uh, this will be the last topic, I think, is before you guys go into a competition, um, what kind of music do you listen to? And this is for everybody. Or maybe you don't listen to music at all. Maybe you just listen I, to I find the slowest country song I could find and listen to that. <laughs> that's me. That's me. Not, that's not at all. Not at all. Uh, it's, it's usually something like upbeat, um, usually lyrics involved with like, you know, uh, winning. I've been really into AJR lately. I've been listening to Burn the House Down. And I, I don't know, for some reason that resonates with me in bowling. So I really listen to a lot of that or, or something super aggressive. Um, or even like old school Eminem. I don't know. Lots of stuff that's just upbeat and yeah. Tim? Me? Um, sure. Actually, yeah, Dexter's being a jerk, but I actually listen to small. I actually listen to slower music for some reason. I, I, and I, I, I anything that with a high tempo or a high, uh, 
or anything like that. If I no, I I think it me personally. I'm speaking personally. I think it's lame if you're listening to music when you're bowling. I think I I, I don't know. I just I no. This is I'm, before I'm not, bowling, Tim. Before yeah, bowling. Okay, okay. Before pump bowling, up music. I, okay, pump up music. Um, yeah, I do that. I listen to it. I Taylor I, Swift. Obviously, not Taylor Swift. <laughs> I actually <laughs> honestly so. <laughs> No, the the song actually got stuck in my head when I played really well at Provincials. Um, not Provincials, at, I, I sucked at Provincials. Um, at uh, Zones um, was actually Riser, Dirk Bentley. I don't know why. I just listened to it once, and I just got stuck in my head. And I don't know much lyrics. Destry knows that. I, I mumble my, my singing. So it's it was basically like, so, so it was basically two lines the whole time. So, <laughs> right? But it got it was slow enough where I got my tempo okay. Cause if I'm listening to something like Dexter's listening to, I'm running through the foul line, and that's well, just that's especially great, with so. your underweight balls. I mean, you know, you don't want to whip those down the lanes. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Adam, hi. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same as Dex. I, I need something like super upbeat or just something super loud i i really don't care about lyrics all that much but uh i'll either i'd be with like a, a slipknot or a corn or something like heavy like dubstep skrillex type type stuff <laughs> I, I i need something just with hard hard beat and then you just kind of go in with a little bit more confidence i find and you trace well, I can tell you I'm not listening to Adam's music. <laughs> um, but I know Kurt would. Um, I'm a, right now I'm like a post Malone girl. Oh. And I'm, so I'm like not, um, you know, I wouldn't really be like too deep into the lyrics, but I just kind of like his vibe and I can just put him on repeat all day long and I'm good to go. Awesome. Hmm. Carrie? Um, me it's pump up music a little lincoln park a little thousand foot crutch something like that right something something to get the your uh your adrenaline going something to i don't know i like throwing the ball hard so hard music always helps <laughs> it's those those three eight balls <laughs> <laughs> well i'm Dude. not trying to swear okay i'm not trying to swear and that's honestly, though, when we play the tour finals and we have the pump-up music, next time, give me some Merle Haggard, Oki Muskoki or something. Don't give me that pump-up music. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I just, I, I, my, 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 I'm like shaking when I listen to that stuff. Why, you didn't, you didn't why. win, Tim, or are you trying to give away some information or what? No, no, no. I, I said that from day one from last time, right? So... <laughs> No. Do, do you guys ever go to like the, you know, to, to your iPod or, or whatnot or your phone during an event? I've tried. Uh, I've tried in like desperate attempts <laughs> if things aren't going well. And I've never, I've always been a guy who can't sit there and just focus on bowling. And I'm a guy that needs to go around and I just don't shut up. I talk to everybody because it, it takes my brain away from the bowling in between shots. So for me to sit there and put the headphones on and listen to music in between it, it puts me way too far into my own head for me to be able to do it. So I avoid listening to it while, uh, while in the middle of a tournament anyways. That, that's kind of funny you bring that up, Adam. Uh, so as people know, I did not make the Central Open team this year. And on the second day, I actually tried listening to music, like in the like, third game, I think, to try and get me out of my funk or whatever was going on. It did not help. So uh, <laughs> that, the one and only time that'll ever happen. <laughs> but we're not superstitious. No, no never. <laughs> obviously, obviously, you know what I feel. <laughs> no oh, music it, while it, bowling. No, no. If, if 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 you need like some kind of artificial thing to get you into it, right, right. I, I'm nothing as careful making the in the open, right. But if you have to go that way, obviously your game is not there at that time, right, right. If if I'm if I'm terrible, 
if I'm ter- yeah, I drink a lot of beer, Adam. Gotcha. <laughs> but if, if <laughs> but but if but if I'm not if, if if I'm not there that weekend, if I'm not that good, then you know what? I'd rather just lose. I'd rather just not. I, I was just wasn't good. I don't need to do that. I just I'm I'm very like. That I don't know. I just I look at it. And I actually shared it on Facebook not so long ago. You look angry. I am angry. <laughs> I think you like, look, look pissed off about this. This is coming like I a weekly I, thing. Tim blows up. So, 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 somebody has to be on chair. Music and baby blue balls. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not angry. I just I just look angry. It's gonna become like the rage, <laughs> like the rage guy on Dude Perfect videos. Yeah. No, I'm 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 Stephen A. Smith. That's what I am right now. <laughs> That'll be the topic but, next week. What sets Tim off this week? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm not, oh, I'm this not, is a game I, I can get involved yeah. in. <laughs> Weekly oh, segment. What grinds my gears? You, you you wouldn't you wouldn't have a podcast if we don't do edits anymore. So that's right. <laughs> yeah, just. PG thirteen rating on it. No, I'm not mad at anybody wearing headphones. I want to clarify that. <laughs> as long as they're not out on the lane, right, Tim? No, I don't. I, I just, I just think you look silly. That's all. That's, whatever. Tim, we all saw you in your Gallagher Cup shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh, no. I think Johnny just wanted to tell me that I need a bigger shirt. <laughs> Actually, you know what? We can blame our Nike rep. I he said it fit like a certain thing and it didn't fit like a certain thing, so I think that's Nike's problem. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I, I told you to so give me feel better about yourself, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. told you you needed to give me one hour of the best of you, and right now I feel like that's just turning really quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, probably like an now, hour, so. it must be like an hour and two minutes. It's an hour and seven. Yeah, we're over. Yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go, Trace. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I think with that, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, Thank you very much, Tracy, for joining us. Yeah. Always a pleasure talking with you and hearing your insight. Awesome. Thanks again. Absolute pleasure, Trace. Thank you. Always a pleasure. You're welcome. It was really enjoyable. Thanks, guys. And once again, all, all you listeners, if you have any topics or want to hear from any special guests, just let us know on our Facebook page and uh, we'll try and get them on here. Thanks, guys. Thanks.